What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 1025 Podcast. This is episode 23. I'm Jordan along with Kristen and Ayana. And to, we have three topics today. And today we're going to be talking about the unfortunate death of a young man by the name of Amir Locke. Now, Amir Locke was a 22-year-old Black, well, 22-year-old African-American man who was fatally shot on February the 2nd, 2021 at 6.48 a.m by a SWAT officer of the Minneapolis Police Department. Of course, we all know what crime they committed a few years ago. Inside an apartment in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where police were executing a no-knock search warrant in a homicide investigation. Now, it's almost unfortunate that every day in the news, we hear about the death of an african-american man at the hands of police it's almost like a broken record of of how many times we've seen this in the news and we've become these desensitized to the atrocious excuse me to the atrocities that the people who are supposed to protect us have inflicted on us so Kristen and Ayana, I want to ask you guys what are y'all's thoughts on this on this entire situation and do you guys think that this situation unfortunately has um repeated history as like i mentioned this is from the same police department that killed um george floyd in the same way that brianna taylor was murdered what do you guys think i think that the police officers should be tried investigated because a man that was unarmed. And why did you shoot a man without like purple? Just why did you do this? Yep. I think that it's very shocking that the Minneapolis police would even allow this to happen again. I can't even say not so shortly after because time doesn't even matter. I think it's very interesting that no matter what we as Black people do to bring light to these atrocities, they just keep happening. Seemingly in the same place that the last one happened and the last one and the last one. It's ridiculous that these SWAT teams, these police officers are continuing to abuse their power and not use it in the right way in order to catch the actual criminals in whatever case that they're investigating. It's very unfortunate that another young boy had to lose his life because police officers and law enforcement period are negligent to the things that they're investigating. Yeah. And real quick, I have the video of the body cam footage of the um, of the action taking place. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, I do have to warn you that this footage is very disturbing. But if you guys are listening on like Spotify, then you guys aren't going to be able to see it. So let me I'm going to share my screen with you guys. Hopefully this will work. Okay. So this is from USA Today. Hopefully I can get this working. 
Let's try this. Let's try this. Slideshow. Mirror lock and and that's when the officer opened fire on uh Amir Locke. It's it's crazy to me that literally two years ago this exact same unfortunate event happened to a young woman of course brianna taylor and now that we're two years removed from that event there has been no justice that's been delivered to the people who murdered um that young woman i think one of the officers is actually going to be writing a book on how that event took place and i just find that absolutely despicable just because of the fact that not only did you not only are you kind of glorifying this event especially if you're i guess the audio is getting a little messed up glorifying it for a monetary reason but you you took the life of a young woman who had her whole life pretty much figured out i mean you know i remember last year i was on her twitter page and you could just keep scrolling through her twitter her tweets and you just see that this was a girl who had a very level head in mind and she was positive of the future that was coming up for her. Now, I don't know much about this young man, but one of the scene, one of the images from this video is that he had a gun with him. Now, granted, you know, he was licensed to have it, so he was allowed to have this firearm, but I could clearly see that um officers in the media they were going to take that picture and they were going to try to demonize him in a way you know and piggybacking off of what both of you guys are saying you know every time black people try to you know it when it feels like we're going in the right direction it's like when we feel like we're taking five steps forward for example Ahmad Arbery's killers have been sentenced to life in prison and um uh george floyd his killer got sentenced to like 23 years you you would think okay justice is being served we're going in the right direction but then something like this it takes us 10 steps back because we still it's like we still don't have the power to use our voice and to fully bring justice to people who have been murdered like amir Locke, like you know brianna taylor even hell like emmett till you know that young that woman who lied on him he she's still walking free and we don't even know where she is she says she's going to release like a book uh, the year that she dies or something which that's another thing that i just think is so despicable you know george zimmerman is still around and he took the life of a young man who i believe you know trayvon martin which i believe this year marks i think 10 years after that event happened and then being 10 years removed from that we just see a slew of these you know, incidents happen and it, it, it brings up the idea of paranoia when it comes to black men, because it's like, every time we walk out of that door, we don't know if our lives are going to be taken or not. You know what I mean? It's like, we're, we're an endangered sort of species, basically, you know? Yeah. But I so, think it's, it's very scary for to really 
it's hard for us to leave the comfort of our home and be afraid that we're going to be killed for something we may have done, may not have done, for doing nothing, for just existing. These kinds of things are fears that Black people have presently every day. And in our lifetime, I've seen more Black people be killed unjustly by law enforcement than... Oh, crap. Uh... I think every I think everything's cool now, but uh, everything disconnect. I think it did disconnect, but oh. hopefully it's cool. What are you saying? More black people. I was saying, um, I've seen more black people in my lifetime be killed than I should. I'm only twenty years old. I'm about to be twenty-one soon, and just the sheer amount of police brutality that I'm faced with, even recently, even in the past five years, is more than anyone should have to live through, ever. And These numbers are unprecedented. What are you saying, Kristen? That we don't see enough justice. Because even George Zimmerman, he tried to sue, um, he tried to sue the father just because he thought that his name had defamated. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, you know, it's a broken record. You know, it's a crazy world we live in. It's a crazy environment that we were born in. Cause you know, and I've said this a numerous amount of times on the podcast, like this, this is something we have no control over. You know what I mean? Why is it that when and I think I've said this, I think I said this on the first episode. Why is it that when people see this, they immediately think of these horrible things about Thank us, you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on the murder of Amir? Wow. The murder of Amir Locke. I can only hope that this young man can, well, I can only hope that he will receive justice for this. I can only hope that his family is able to grieve peacefully and that the law enforcement that is responsible for this incident gets held responsible. There needs to be an accountability measure in law enforcement. And unfortunately, until that happens, things like this are going to keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kristen? Final thoughts? I don't have anything left to say besides I just hope that Amir Locke gets justice. Absolutely. Rest in peace, Amir Locke. Now, our second topic was introduced to us by Kristen, and that is the crisis tech line. The crisis text line is selling your pain for profit. The crisis text line is an AI-driven chat service 
that has garnered troves of data from its conversations with people suffering life's toughest situations. Crisis Text Line is one of the world's most prominent, <clears throat> excuse me, prominent mental health support lines, a tech-driven nonprofit that uses big data and artificial intelligence to help people cope with you know, trauma such as self-harm, emotional abuse, and thoughts of suicide. But the charity collects from its online text conversations with people in their darkest moments does not end there. The organization's for-profit spinoff used a sliced and repackaged version of that information to create and market customer service software. Now, I didn't know that much. I don't know nothing really about this service, but I am used to the fact of hearing that a lot of these you know, organizations such as like a church, for example, they would monetize a person's beliefs and a person's, you know, uh, thoughts and depression just for the monetary gain. And they would say, you know, God will help you and all that stuff, you know, when in reality, this person does not know what's going to happen to that person, if you guys kind of get what I'm saying. So Kristen and Ayana, I want to ask you guys, what are y'all's thoughts on this overall uh, crisis text line sort of thing? And have you ever heard of an organization where it kind of uses their, uses people's pain for monetary value and stuff like that? I think... This is not something that I can say really surprises me because over the years, I've learned that all kinds of media platforms and organizations take the things that you tell them, the algorithm that is built for you and advertises things specifically for you. And so, information coming out that an organization uses this information to advertise or to copy and paste the same messages over and over again is something that I don't think is that new because mm -hmm. Facebook does the exact same thing. All kinds of social media platforms will build an algorithm specifically designed for you based off of what you like, what you don't like, the things that you talk about, things you listen to. And so you'll find yourself getting advertisement for something that you you spoke about out loud a couple of days before. And even though it's not necessarily illegal in that sense, it's not very surprising that an organization designed to quote unquote help people would use this information for their own monetary gain because it's something that's been done across all kinds of platforms. Yeah. It's not surprising, but I do find it kind of immortal that you're taking the pain of people and just using that for profit. Because it doesn't feel like you're actually there to help people. Yeah. Right. It feels more like you're just doing it for the money as opposed to the moral uh the moral obligation you have to society basically because you know a lot of these therapy like for example uh, i've been to like a lot of counseling sort of sessions and all that and i so sort of study a lot of the you know 
how can I say this? A lot of the back and forth that students have with their counselors and yada, 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 right? It's more, you can tell that that's more of a genuine place of, you know, love and comfort as opposed to you typing in a chat log or something. Hey, I'm depressed and yada, 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 I need help. And then they'll recommend you uh, all this other type of stuff, right? I, I don't really know what I'm saying, but yeah. Because in some cases, it reminds me of if you're having a technical issue with something and instead of emailing or calling the place or establishment that you need help in, they allow a, a live chat option yeah. that sends you to an AI that will give you different recommendations based off of what you need help with. Absolutely. And these, these kinds of things aren't new because do you remember when um, the situation with the Travis Scott incident happened and after all the deaths had been reported and all the in injuries had been reported, he later paired up with BetterHelp an organization known to monetarily gain from people's need for therapy without insurance or financial need or anything of that sort. And so even though it may seem genuine upfront, you're getting the help that you need, there's still a monetary gain being had behind the scenes. Yeah. And even when I sometimes when I'm on YouTube, a better help ad would just pop up and then, you know, it'll, oh, God, it will advertise, you know, get the help that you need or something like that, which I usually skip. But I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. My whole thing is therapy has personal. Like you have to have a person and it has to be a trust system because what is a robot going to tell me about my mental well-being? Nothing. Exactly. And my therapist actually said there are a lot of free therapy options. Not all of them are good, though. Yeah. Like, there's seven for a reason. There's better help. Although, I don't think that's free. It's and not. Mm -mm. But that's like, it's you can donate for charity so that people can get access to free therapy. So that's different. Yeah. There was this one time I tried to sign up for better health and then they had the little credit card thing. And I was like, nah, skip. It charged me so much money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's why I listened to Drake, but final thoughts on this. <laughs> why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> I don't know. It's not very good. You should contact Drake about that. It's not. It's not surprising, and I can't even say for sure if it's illegal or not. But it's definitely something that has happened before, and probably will continue to happen as long as there is monetary value in people's pain. People are willing to pay to help themselves, and as long as that continues these companies are going to continue to do exactly what they do. So pretty much forever, because most of our problems are systematic. Exactly. Yep. We shall see. But uh, 
Yeah, so our final topic is about redemption in cancel culture. This topic was also introduced to us by Kristen. And as we live in a very media-driven society, the idea of cancel culture has become pretty much a norm. Ever since really the inception of social media, cancel culture has become the prime uh, directive when it comes to the people that you like and the people that you don't like. Of course, examples that come off the top of my head are Chris Brown after the infamous Rihanna incident, which by the way, today is Rihanna's birthday. Happy birthday to you, Rihanna. And uh, that really took her career in, no, not her. That really took Chris Brown's career in a different direction. Of course, the the biggest one is Kanye West, one of my personal favorite artists, if with the slew of crazy stuff that he does has done in his past. Even though I still like his music, I don't really like all the stupid crap that he's done. And then most recently, well, not really recently, two years ago, uh, the rapper Tory Lanez. Now, of course, we did an episode on the 1025 podcast highlighting this event. And that's when I kind of did a stupid spiel on it but whatever uh Kristen and Ayana I want to ask you guys what are y'all's thoughts on cancel culture in general and do you guys think that it's a very toxic sort of space or do you think it's a good opportunity to be like okay I don't like this person let's get him the hell out of here it's it's it could be necessary it is necessary in this climate where people make mistakes and they need to be held accountable for it. But I don't like calling it cancel culture. I do not like this, this current cancel culture that people are trying to adapt where someone will make a mistake and because they view it as unredeemable, they try to deplatform them. Yeah. Sometimes it warrants someone to be deplatformed when it comes to cases like um, grooming a child or domestic abuse or something of that sort. But people take people are starting to take the accountability out of the picture and just dog on this person without actually educating them on why what they did was wrong and then try to deplatform them. If yeah. you try to educate this person about what they did and why they shouldn't have done it or why they shouldn't have said it and they continue to do whatever it is that they do, Sure, okay, at this point, maybe they do need to be deplatformed. But if you have a celebrity who is human, just like the rest of us, and messes up and owns up to it, at that point, it's up to them to become a better person. And it's up for the fans and the people behind the scenes to allow them the space to do better for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think we take cancel culture too far sometimes because it's like there are people with heavy offenses that have been come back from cancel culture and then certain people with certain um i'm not gonna say lesser but they're like just slip ups maybe and we cancel them completely and i'm like it doesn't make any sense because yeah. it's culture only cares about how popular you are now yeah. because popular let's excuse everything they just did yeah there, yeah there are a lot of examples 
of a the media trying to cancel a celebrity and of course uh, hopefully y'all don't make fun of me when i bring this up but i remember after the super bowl one time when beyonce did the whole black panther thing everyone tried to cancel her and of course me being the white knight simp i was like i refuse to let that happen but is there any example that you guys can think of of like a celebrity that many people tried to get canceled but you know it kind of backfired a little bit i'm all over the place today a great example, in my opinion, might be Chris Brown, because a lot of people forget that Rihanna's not the only person that he abused. He did yeah. it to Karuchi, and he probably did it to numerous other women that we don't know about because it hasn't been reported to the public. But all of this backlash that he got from what he did and a lot of people on his side trying to defend him for it only made him more famous. Yeah. And it only provided him a larger platform to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's like it never even happened. Mm-hmm. And Kanye is a good example because right now he's in the spotlight because he's being weird. Well, more than just weird. Basically, he started a whole diss track. He started a whole, like, I don't know what you call it, but he's dissing everyone who is on Kim's side. And then he got a house right across the street from Kim Kardashian, which I don't know how anyone, how no one pointed out how weird that was. Like, it's giving Joe. Oh, from you. Yeah, from you. I was I was wondering like who I was wondering like who the hell is Joe but yeah in every single one of his interviews and I was very confused but he did the same thing with his last ex-girlfriend Amber Rose he just went on and on and on about her when they broke up yeah and then another example of that was he uh I think his then fiance Alexis Pfeiffer, uh, they were they broke up and then he gave us 808s and Heartbreak, easily one of the most influential, you know, albums of all time and all that type of stuff. But yeah, you guys bring up really great points of Kanye West and Chris Brown. Like these two have been pretty much scrutinized for the majority of their career for mistakes that he's done. Now, granted, Chris Brown is very much accountable for the stuff that he's done now of course you know back when he was younger and more immature he was probably like i don't care i'm chris brown the biggest artist in the world but nowadays while i do while i personally think chris brown is severely underrated he's still wow i cannot speak today he is still you know accountable every time it's brought up he's like yeah i feel bad and all that type of stuff and you know, Kristen, like you mentioned with Kanye, Kanye just does weirdo stuff. He posted a Photoshop poster of uh, Captain America Civil War where him and Pete Davidson were on like different sides and stuff. And my thing is, if yo, if your ex-wife is with like Pete Davidson, dude from SNL, it's like, what, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> oh, I don't know, you know. <clears throat> And I think it's unfortunate because hustle culture does take it 
discount the actual mental illnesses and disorders that someone might have, explaining why they're acting a certain way. People are so busy trying to quote unquote cancel Kanye for everything that's going on. They, they're not even addressing the mental issues that he's been going through for quite some time. Not even since his mom has died, even before that, he's always been a very intricate person. It affects the people around him and we're finally seeing that to the, to the nth degree at this point. There's not much more that you can see about Kanye that doesn't render you speechless. He's, he's acting crazy. Yeah. And he's not getting the help that he needs. No one's helping him get help. And even if they are, he doesn't want it. But they're so busy trying to paint him like the worst person on the planet because of everything that's going on right now that they're not even being empathetic to the situation that he's been going through. Yeah, been going through for the majority of his life, basically. Like you mentioned, Ayana, you know, the death of his mom, Donda West, that took a humongous, humongous toll on him. Now, we have nine minutes left, so are there any final thoughts? Hold up. Are there any final thoughts on y'all's end? I just kind of want to know, how would we get the public to speak up about Kanye's mental illness? He has, he's told people that he's been bipolar since, like, 2018, but now people don't, it's like people don't care about that anymore. Like people don't care that you have a mental illness. Just give us music. And me personally, as someone who has grown up loving Kanye West for my entire life, I wouldn't care if he didn't release music anymore. As long as he's, you know, happy, healthy, not really doing all the weirdo stuff, then that's all that matters to me personally. I just wish people would be more empathetic towards these celebrities that they put on such a high pedestal. They're humans just like the rest of us and they make mistakes and they do things that they shouldn't do just like the rest of us. You wouldn't try to deplatform me because I did something bad one time and didn't know that I did something wrong or wasn't holding myself accountable for it at first. You would educate me about it. You would hold me responsible. The same should go for these very real human beings that just happen to be in the public eye all the time. Yeah. Yep. Any final thoughts on your end, Kristen? No. Well, all righty, guys. Thank y'all for watching the 1025 podcast. I'm Jordan along with Kristen and Ayana. We'll see y'all next time. Peace.